Welcome to the South Metro Ministries podcast. Here's this week's message from Pastor Alan Matura. I found you in different ways to deal with stuff. And this morning I'm going to preach about strategies for handling stress. Strategies for handling stress. And when they were singing the night, I couldn't help but think about having a sombrero on my head and a mariachi band. Let my God whoa. Yeah. Let my God arise. That's not silliness to God. You know what silliness is? Well, I bet it. I was going to say go to the ball game, watch somebody, but half the head blue and half the head white and their belly showing because they're rooting for their team. Let, oh, hallelujah. Well, I'm going to read the word of God to you in just a moment, but I've got a few pastoral things I've got to mention to you. And I want to do that now, and then we're going to read and pray because God's got some stuff in store for you that I just want Him to use me to help you get it. He doesn't need to get it through me to you, but He's given me something for you. I need to tell you that next Sunday, one of the most gifted preachers, gospel preachers in Pentecost is coming to preach for us in the person of Jonathan Ziegler. Yeah. Thank you, Jesus. Now, Jonathan has been with us every summer, and every summer about this time, you know, and for the recent years, we've done a summer revival. So we're going to have a one-day revival. They didn't schedule a summer revival this year for some of the reasons Pastor Jeff mentioned about the renovation of our children's ministry, and we have a certificate of occupancy. It's temporary until we finish up other requirements from the various departments to whom we are responsible, county, city, and state. So we'll announce a day of dedication and we hope that that will be next month. But as a result of that, we didn't plan speakers for revival at this time, but we did plan whom I call the Tasmanian devil in Church of God preachers, Jonathan Ziegler. So you need to invite somebody else and you come. I know it's summertime, people are on vacation and I know people need rest and God bless you as you go and come, but next Sunday... It's going to be a miracle day. And here's another reason why it's going to be. It's because this week on Friday, the Lord impressed me to call you like I did last month to a one-day fast on Wednesday. As I was praying, church and staff and elders and prayer team and ministry leaders, I, I journal and write down some things. And on Friday, I was writing down names. Pastor Jeff of needs in our church. And I kept writing and writing. Somebody's going to have a mastectomy. Somebody's suffering from shingles. Somebody's mother died. By the way, Francis, who was 92, died. She and her husband, he's alive, he's 94. They were married for 73 years. Yeah, you can say thank God for that. There are people in our church having all kinds of attacks in their bodies. And I'm going to tell you this. I believe with all of my heart. Last month, when we declared a day that you would fast and pray for Valerie and I, I have been drawing from that well of prayers and that fountain. I believe that's when my turnaround began to happen. Because the Bible says some of our deliverances will not come except by prayer and fasting. 
We are fighting principalities and powers and rulers of the darkness of this world and spiritual wickedness in heavenly places that our eyes cannot see, but they are real. And in order to overcome them, this Wednesday, push aside breakfast and pray for the time that you were going to eat. Push aside lunch. Go in your car if you can't go to the break room and take your scripture and pray. God, I don't know all the names pastor is referring to. They meant many of them are listed on the separate screen we have, a video screen that is handled by Pastor Darrell and those who serve in that ministry. We send prayer requests over the internet. If you'd like to be one included, give us your email. But listen church, Jesus conquered our sins and our sicknesses. So I know that you cannot, some of you because of health reasons cannot fast a whole day. Maybe Wednesday is not a good day, maybe Thursday. But let's go back to the place where we got the power. And let's keep the power going. It costs too much money to be sick. Can I get a witness? Have you been to the doctor lately? And we need doctors and they have to pay their bills. And we have doctors in this church, so I'm not slamming them. But after you pay all the insurance premiums and the co-payment and the deductible, it just costs too much of your time and your worries and your health. So we're standing together in that. Amen? And then the third thing I want to tell you is yesterday, the girls club in our church, EKO, Teenage Girls Club, founded by Kimberly. Kim, would you stand please? Kimberly Worley is Kimberly Matura Worley, Pastor JC's wife. Stand, keep standing, Kim. Uh, Kim, you and I are so tall, honey. Come over here and stand with your dad. Come, come on, come over here. They can't see you in that darkness. She got her looks from her mother, but her height from me. Uh, founded the ministry for teenage girls in this church. Published a book, manual. It's being used by different churches in the church of God. It's called EKO, Elegance, Grace, and Beauty. Exactly. Uh, (laughs) and they don't just have sleepovers but they have a budget and they have a need and they had a car wash yesterday at the Arby's near Walmart and we didn't get the word out to many of you early enough so thank God for JC showing up and Alante Alante stand up right there he's the real deal Alante give him a God bless you yeah and JC you're the real deal too. And these two guys had to reach up where these girls can't reach. And they're trying to raise money for their department to furnish their furnishings. As we did not borrow money to furnish the offices and such by faith, they're trying to raise money to furnish their department and their room and their place of ministry. And they made maybe about $500 a little less, but they need about Four times that amount. So I just, I just, I'm going to ask you. That, listen, this ministry is, you don't know what the world, you know what the world's doing to trying to get our teenage girls to look like, act like, talk like. Do you know what the world is investing in our teenage girls from the models in Hollywood and the models in uh, elsewhere? And it has nothing to do with spirituality. If we, if we lose this generation, friends, The devil's the one who's going to be the winner. Thank you, Kim. So here's what I'm going to ask you to do. I need, $5 was the car wash. That was it. And they need like four times more than they raised. 
So I'm going to ask two of those girls at EKO to stand outside the door before you leave this morning as you go out with a basket. And if you don't have $5, put in a 10. If you don't have 10, put in 20. And if you don't put in something, there's going to be a buzzer at the door that goes off that automatically locks the door. And if that don't work, I told those girls to stand there and just cry. Just cry. About 150 of you, I need $5 from you. Because this is worth, our, this is our girls. Write a check. Hallelujah. And I thank God that we are changing lives. We, not we, but Him. Now stand to your feet. That's this pastoral stuff I had to do. Thank you, Jesus. Are you ready? Say, I'm ready if you are. Listen, this ain't no lazy boy time now. This is, this is the word meat time. Okay? 2 Corinthians 1 and verse 8 is where the scriptures are to be found for today's lesson. This is the fourth in the series of lessons entitled Dealing with our Damaged Emotions. I spoke to you on dealing with fear, dealing with worry, dealing with the noise in your soul. And today I want to talk about strategies for handling stress. And if anybody knew stress, it was the Apostle Paul who wrote these words. He tells us a little bit about the ministry he was called to and what happened to him and his traveling companions as a result of doing the work of God. Verse 8, For we do not want you to be ignorant, brethren, of our trouble which came to us in Asia, that we were burdened beyond measure, above strength, so that we despaired even of life. Yes, we had the sentence of death in ourselves, that we should not trust in ourselves, but in whom? God, who raises the dead, who delivered us from so great a death, and does deliver us, in whom we trust that He will still deliver us. Look at this, look at this last verse. Who delivered us? Past tense. Who does deliver us? Present tense. And, ooh, I feel a whoop glory. And He will still deliver us. Point your hands this way. Pray for me for about 20 seconds. Come on, would you pray for the pastor? And I'll pray for you. There's enough anointing here for everybody. Holy Ghost, I thank you. I thank you for every worshiper in the first service and this service. And I just pray for energy. Would you ask him to do that for me? I ask you for remembrance and energy and anointing and double portion for me. So I could bring the word. And I pray it for the listeners so they can hear the word. I rebuke the devil from stealing anything you have prepared for us at the table of God and the word which is the bread of life. We are not leaving here like we came in Jesus' name. But we are leaving here with more joy, more peace, more healing, and an overflowing that we can bless somebody else this week because we have overcome in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. And you may be seated in the presence of the Lord. This week I saw a video Pastor J.C. introduced me to it. I thought, man, I laughed. And I thought, you know what? There's a lot of strategies for stress. But this woman's got it figured out. It's called Sweet Brown. 
Did you ever see the video? It's a lady who got up, headed out of her house, and smelled something, and she thought was, you know, maybe a barbecue. But it was a house on fire. And the news channel really happened. She was being interviewed by Channel 4 in Oklahoma City. And when the interviewer asked her what she saw, here's what she said. I want you to see the video. Strategies for handling stress. Show them the video. Describes her horrifying experience when she first realized the complex was on fire. Turn the volume. Well, I woke up to go give me a cold pop. And then I thought somebody was barbecuing. I said, oh, Lord Jesus, it's a fire. Then I ran out. I didn't grab no shoes or nothing, Jesus. I ran for my life. And then the smoke got me. I got bronchitis. Ain't nobody got time for that. According to the apartment manager. You, you, you got it off. That's how you deal with stress. Ain't nobody got time for that. Lakeland says across to Valerie, he calls her Mia. He was in our house spending a little time with us while his mother and dad was doing something else. And something Mia said, Lakeland said to her, this before we knew about the video, ain't nobody got time for that. <laughs> she thought, okay. Until she realized that she showed us online. This, this video on YouTube has had 31 million hits. She's now going to have her own television series coming soon and being a major movie this Christmas. I just wish, like my wife said, I wish I could think of something smart to say <laughs> at the right time. And, and the other day, J.C. asked Lakeland, Kimberly wasn't nearby, he, he just needed a little massage on his neck and his, and his, his shoulder, and he said, Lake, honey, come give uh, Daddy a massage. And Lakeland just walked by his daddy and said, ain't nobody got time for that. Now, I'm going to tell you some good stuff, but if none of what I tell you works, I got up yesterday and I told Valerie, I said, this, I'm going to have me one of them kind of days. I'm going to just, when stress comes on me the day before Sunday, I'm going to say, ain't nobody got time for that. What glory? You know, brothers and sisters, I think you're already related. Stress is the term I'm going to use that you're familiar with. We human beings, when under stress, are strange creatures. According to Charles Swindoll in a book written, Three Steps Forward, Two Steps Back, that I've had in my library for years, he says that when we're under stress, we run faster when we lose our way instead of pausing to regroup. When we're under stress, we ricochet from place to place and people to people. When we should just wait and see what the Lord said. He said there are three words that describe our times, the days we're living in. You might want to write them down. They won't be on the screen. Three words that describe our stressful time which we're living in. And they are these words. Hurry, worry, and bury. Don't you agree? Because the more you hurry, the more you worry, the sooner they're going to bury you. We seem to live in an inescapable environment of stress. In this race called life, when pressing demands of time are upon us, we need to stop and get oriented like you're doing in worship today.
we need to discover that the Lord is still God over everyone and everything. The song says, everyone overcomes. We need to stop and discover that He is exalted, He is with us, and He is our stronghold. I'm repeating myself deliberately. We need to discover what Paul says in our text, that He has delivered us, He is delivering us, and He will still deliver us on July 21, 2013. Come on and thank Him by faith. Now, let me share with you what the Holy Spirit has shown me in my study this few days have shown to be some of the stress producers in our lives. You won't get all of these down. There are about 12 of them, but I'm going to concentrate on about five. And if you would like, you could purchase a CD or a DVD and take it home with you. I have a list here, but I'm going to move through them quickly and I'll concentrate on the five for just a moment. Many things cause stress. Things like financial pressures, rush hour traffic. Injury to our bodies. Stress can be produced by infection and illness. Can I get a witness? An inadequate diet. Environmental chemical toxins produce stress. A lack of sleep. A lack of exercise. Overworking oneself. Relationship issues produces stress. The responsibilities of parenting produces stress. And to sum it up, I can say the cumulative weight of the responsibilities of life in general can produce stress. Do you identify with any of them? More than one of them? How about all of them? Then keep listening. The first one that the Holy Spirit wanted me to focus on that is a stress producer that you need to write down and pray about is when we are in the role of codependency. Now we have qualified counselors here who know what that means. But I'm just going to define it in layman's term. What, what is codependency? We keep helping people stay in their destructive lifestyles and habits by bailing them out Every time they get in trouble or need money or some other kind of codependency that we call rescues. Now I know there are people who need help. But some people that you are helping or think you are helping have the ability to help themselves but they won't as long as you are willing to be a codependent and rescue them. Yeah, I, I, I knew you'd like that. That's why I'm keeping going. And the wise man Solomon says about codependency and helping people who can help themselves and are just lazy. He says, if you do it once, you will have to do it over and over and over again. And you will have stress pile up layer upon layer upon layer over and over again. What does the Bible say about people who can help themselves but won't and rely on other people to do what they can do? Paul says in 2 Thessalonians 3 and 10 from the message translation of the Bible, 
He says, don't you remember the rule we had when we lived with you? If you don't work, you don't eat. Boy, that will cause a massive weight loss in America. And you don't even have to go on the greatest losers. Just tell that one that the codependent on you. And, and, and now they're 20 years old or 30 years old and 40 years old. And they want you to buy, bring the remote to them and buy the potato chip and supply them with cigarettes and beer. And they can go get a good job. Just tell them you're sick and tired of that. That's too much stress. And see what happens. You'll be free. I'll tell you that'll, what, what happened if you keep your word. Yeah, I know. I know. Mm-hmm. Here's what Solomon says in Proverbs 6 and 6. Write this passage down. About lazy people who we keep bailing out and causing us stress. I've had to tell some people, and I mean it in a good way. I've had to tell some people who've come to the church for help. Listen. And I'm keeping a record now. And I've even, people stop by. They go from church to church to church to church. Don't even come to church. Call you up on the phone. Want to talk to the senior pastor. Want to know if we give away this and if they could make a loan from here. Like if we have the South Metro Ministry uh, Credit Union. I just had to tell some folks that we've helped repeatedly and, and they're still in the same mess year after year. Look, we can do no more. Here, here's, here's where it is. Solomon put it this way about folks who can help themselves but don't. You lazy fool, he said. Look at the ant. You know the little ant? Ant mount and hill? This is what he says. Watch the ant closely. Let it teach you a thing or two. Nobody has to tell it what to do. Here's what the ant does. All summer it stores up food. At harvest it stockpiles provisions. So how long are you going to laze around doing nothing, he asked. He goes on and says, how long before you get out of bed? A nap here and a nap there. A day off here and a day off there. Sit back. Take it easy. Do you know what comes next, he asked. And verse 11, he answers the question. You can look forward to a dirt poor life, poverty being your permanent house guest. I'm just trying to tell you, and I'm not trying to be mean, some of you are under stress this morning by thinking you are helping when you are really being taken advantage of. It's time for you to rise up and make a wise decision and get rid of that stress because ain't nobody got time for that. Just thought you'd... Number two. Trying to be someone or something God did not create us to be or do. We need role models. Can I get a witness? We need mentors in the field of your profession or calling or giftedness. You need to read after somebody or have a good mentor. You need to get wise counsel. But if you spend your life trying to be the duplicate of somebody else, you're going to have a lot of stress. If you spend your life... Because see, God made all of us an original. Can I get another amen? Even identical twins are original in some sense of their own chemical makeup and thinking. God gave you a voice to have the originality of your own thoughts and not just to be the echo of somebody else and what they said. Can I get another amen? God loves you like you are. 
He made you the color of skin you are, the color of eyes you are, the height you are, the talent you are, and God doesn't make any junk. And you don't have to spend the rest of your life wishing you drove their car or lived in their kind of house or had their kind of clothes or lived in a different kind of city when it's the right time for God to bless you with more. You just go ahead and live right and do right and thank God you are who you are and that you are alive to give Him praise. Come on, help me praise the Lord. You are an original. Accept who you are. Change will come as you pray and as God opens the door. The Bible says your gifts and your talents will make way for you. Number three, stress producers. Stress is produced by a building up of more than one thing. Well, you already knew that, but let me be a little more specific. It's produced when we make poor choices. Write this down. It's produced when we make bad decisions, desperate decisions, premature decisions. It's like I tell you young ladies all the time. And some of you who are older and now still single, don't say I got to have me a man. Just any man will do. Because just any man will do are dime a dozen. I'm going to get right here where those tomatoes and eggs won't hit me right in the chest. Sometimes we try to help God out like Abraham and Sarah. And make the wrong decisions and get ahead of God. And it causes stress. And then, it's obvious to you, but I must say it because the Holy Spirit is leading. Sin causes stress, period. Sin is burdensome. Sin is heavy. And while you may look normal and okay on the inside, God created all of us with a certain void in our lives that only He can fill, that brings ultimate satisfaction. Not drugs, not alcohol, not promiscuous sex, not adultery, not fornication, not, uh, not cussing or lying or cheating or gambling. Only... The forgiveness of our sins and God and the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost residing in our bodies and we making our bodies the temple of God by repenting of our sins. Can we relieve the stress of sin? You see, the thing about sin is if you lied about it and it got you by, you're going to lie about it again. If you snuck around and nobody caught it, you're going to keep doing it and thinking, it's okay. And then you're going to have to spend a lot of time figuring out who you lied to and what you said when you saw them at Walmart and who you lied to and what you said when you saw them at the restaurant. And you've got to have to figure out new and creative ways to hide it. You know, long before Facebook and social media came out, the Word of God said, be sure your sins will find you out. Long before that. Now, there are cameras everywhere. Somebody's taping your business. Yeah, be, don't be surprised. There are cameras everywhere. You got a camera in your pocket. If you got a cell phone, it's probably even got video. Be sure your sins will find you out. But you don't have to go around running and hiding from every Tom, Dick, and Harry you see. Because the Word of God says, oh, somebody help me preach. Proverbs twenty-eight thirteen says, he who covers his sins will not prosper. 
But whoever confesses and forsakes them will have mercy. Isaiah 1.16 says, wash yourselves and make yourselves clean. That means get rid of your sins. What does it mean, wash yourself? Symbolically, by faith, believing that the blood of Jesus Christ still washes away our sins. Ask Jesus to wash you in His cleansing blood, and He will. Oh, somebody say amen. Listen to this verse. Write the reference down. Isaiah 1 and 18. Come now, says God, and let us reason together, says the Lord. Let's sit together. You in one chair and I in one chair. And you face me and I face you. Let's reason together, he says. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Oh, somebody say praise the Lord. Though they are red like crimson, they shall be as wool. I'm telling you, at Calvary 2,000 years ago, Jesus hung on the cross and was crucified for the sins of everybody before Calvary and for the sins of everybody for over 2,000 years now, including yours and mine. And if Jesus doesn't come for another 1,000 years, He will have covered those sins and you don't have to have the stress of sin another day. Somebody thank God if you're saved. Listen, here's another stress producer. Wrong associations and wrong relationships. If you're not careful who you talk to and who you hang around with, especially unbelievers, you can get advice from people who don't know what Genesis or Revelation is and that there's 64 books in between them. Did nobody hear me? I mean, I'm telling you, we're taking advice from people who ain't got a clue spiritually about what God has for you in your life. We can't take in marriage advice from Larry King who was married and divorced for five times. He's an expert at not marriage advice, but how to divorce. Yeah, let me tell you something. I've said this before. But the people you are around, if they're not spiritual and godly, they're going to tell you what they think. And what they think may not be what God has in mind for you. And you're going to pile up stress in your life because you're walking according to the flesh and not the spirit. Here's another stress producer. A lack of balance of work and rest. And I'll get back to that in a moment. Number four. Stress can come upon your life through no fault of your own. Somebody else did something. And now you are suffering the consequences which is producing stress. It reminds me of Hagar in the book of Genesis chapter 16 and chapter 21. Hagar was the slave servant of Abraham's wife, Sarah. She was an Egyptian, a foreigner, but the servant of Hagar, pardon me, Sarah, Abraham's wife. And you remember that God told Abraham and Sarah to go from their homeland, particularly Abraham, and travel and travel by faith and when God wants him to stop and there live, God will tell him. And you remember one night, God called Abraham outside from his tent during a starry filled night in the skies. And he said, Abraham, look up and start counting the stars. And Abraham started and he thought, 
God, that's impossible to count these stars. There's so many. And I'm paraphrasing. God said, that's exactly my point. I'm going to bless you so much, Abraham, until your descendants, I'm going to make a great nation and nations from you and kings and queens. I'm going to give you a son and he's going to have a son and he's going to have a son and on and on until they're going to be, your descendants are going to be so blessed and innumerable. They're known as the Jewish people, God's people. They're going to be as innumerable as the stars you can't count and the sands on the ocean. Abraham and Sarah got into their 80s or so and there, there was no son and she had passed childbearing years and he perhaps had passed the capacity to produce the seed for a child. So Sarah said to Abraham, maybe God means that we should have a child through this way. So be intimate with my servant and my maiden Hagar and perhaps through her you produce a seed and she'll conceive and we'll have a son and that's exactly what happened. Hagar produced a son, they named him Ishmael. Not long thereafter, God kept his word and Isaac was born through the union of Abraham and Sarah. God kept his word and Isaac came. As the two boys grew up, Ishmael a little bit older than Isaac, Sarah didn't like that they were growing up together and that perhaps Ishmael might get more or equal of Abraham's inheritance. So Sarah said to Abraham, send Hagar and Ishmael away. And the Bible says in Genesis that it disappointed Abraham. It broke his heart because that was his son. But God spoke to Abraham and said, it's okay. Go ahead and do what Sarah says. Because I will make of Hagar's son, which is from your seed, Ishmael, a great nation also. So the Bible says that, that Abraham got up one morning with a skin of water. In other words, wine skins were used for wine and there were skins that we used for water. Gave Hagar and Ishmael some food and sent them out to only God knew where they would end up. And they wandered in the wilderness of Beersheba, Hagar and her young son, until they ran out of water and ran out of food. And the Bible said the desert heat was hot and they were both hungry and thirsty. And Hagar put her son under a shrub, a little bit of shade, and went off far enough distance where she could hear his voice. And she began to weep and cry out because she did not want to see the death of her child. Any mother can relate to that. Hagar didn't ask to be Sarah's servant. Hagar didn't volunteer to produce the son of Abraham. And now she has all this stress because of what somebody else did in disobeying God. I'm preaching if you've ever heard preaching. And she cried out to God. But let me tell you something. God will even help us out of our mess even when we know better if we'll confess and make it right. Can I get a witness here, buddy? The Bible said, an angel of God heard her crying out and the angel said in Genesis 21, verse number 17, what ails you, Hagar? And the angel said to her, fear not, 
For God has heard the voice of the lad where he is. Arise, lift up the lad and hold him with your hand. For I will make him a great nation. Then God opened her eyes and she saw a well of water. And she went and filled the skin with water and gave the lad to drink. And they traveled and as they traveled God blessed them. And made a great nation of Ishmael. Because even though somebody else causes you stress and you can't help it, God will help you in Jesus' name. Number five, stress can be caused by the wrong perception of a situation or purpose. A person, pardon me. The wrong perception of a situation you're dealing with or a person with whom you deal. You get a text. You get an email. You get a letter from someplace. You get a voicemail. And you try to reach back to the person they haven't responded. And you're not, it's kind of a negative thing already that you were trying to deal with. And your mind and its imagination magnifies it into negativity. Because the Bible says every good and perfect gift comes from the Lord. And the devil is a liar and the father of lies. And he loves to magnify negative. Give me a witness, somebody. And, and that causes you stress. And, and maybe, maybe you are having a face-to-face -face conversation with somebody with whom you need to resolve a relationship or situation. And you can tell without that person saying a word, their body language. It's like they're saying, I'm just waiting for you to shut up so I can tell you a thing or two. How many know you can say a whole lot without saying a whole lot? I just said a whole lot then. Ain't nobody got time for that. Help me, Jesus. It, you know, I just, sometimes I'm just doing my therapy on you. Jesus knows everything about stress. Write it down. He was misunderstood. Can I get an amen here? He was misunderstood repeatedly. Number two, he was not accepted. The Bible said he came unto his own and his own received him not, but to as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God. Number three, he experienced temptation. How many know for 40 days in the wilderness, in the desert, the devil came to him three different times. He knows the temptation you face. Number four, he carried a heavy responsibility. He only lived 33 and a half years on the earth and came to save the world. What do you mean heavy responsibility? He carried your sins and my sins and everybody before us and will come after us sins. That's heavy because he was a sinless, the sinless one, is the sinless one. Number five, he did not have much time. And number six, he left the job unfinished. Pastor, are you saying that Jesus was incompetent? No, I'm saying it was his plan to leave the job unfinished. So that you and I could finish it. Because after his resurrection, he told the disciples, here's what's going to happen. I'm going to send you the Holy Ghost. 
And you're going to have the power to be my witnesses. And he said, I want you to finish the job. I'm going away to prepare your place. And I'm not telling you when I'm coming back. It could be a thousand years or two thousand years. It could be July 21, 2013. And that would be mighty fine with me. I could get rid of a whole lot of stress. Feel good. And he said, go in my name, preach the gospel, teaching everyone that believes, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the earth. I'm telling you, Jesus knew about stress. Here's how you handle it. Number one, refocus on God. Five quick points. Everybody say, refocus on God. Here's the scripture. Habakkuk 3, 17 through 19 from the New Living Translation. You look on the screen while I read it. Even though the fig trees have no blossoms and there are no grapes on the vines, even though the olive crop fails and the fields lie empty and barren, even though the flocks die in the fields and the cattle barns are empty, look at this, yet I will rejoice in the Lord I will be joyful in the God of my salvation. Come on. The sovereign Lord is my strength. And he makes me as sure-footed as a deer, able to thread upon the heights. Go Go back to the verse 18. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. Now look at me here a moment. Write this down. Don't get stuck on the wrong side of yet. I feel a whoop glory. The wrong side of yet is there is no figs on the tree. And there are no grapes on the vine. And there's no olive crops out in the field. And the cattle and animals have died. The wrong side of yet is that I have so many bills to pay and so little money left. The wrong side of yet is I don't know what I'm going to do. Is there's a spot on the x-ray on my lungs and it looks like it's maybe malignant. The wrong side of yet is your son or your daughter hanging out with the wrong people or maybe experimenting with drugs or alcohol or promiscuous sex. The wrong side of yet is is negative thinking. The wrong side of yet is the devil saying, I'm going to kill you. And you had it in your family, now you got it. Don't get stuck on the wrong side of yet. Get on the right side. And it says, I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in the God of my salvation. The Lord is my strength. Hallelujah. Somebody give him some praise in this house. Man, I'm stressed about the time. Look, look at Isaiah 18. Pardon me, Isaiah 40. Isaiah 40. I'm giving you the word, okay? I'm going to quit here in a moment, but I'm giving you the word. I don't have the strength to do for you, nor the wisdom, nor the power, nor the staff, nor the elders, what the word can do for you this morning. Look at the word, Isaiah 40 and verses 28 and following. Have you not known? Have you not heard? The everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, neither faints nor is weary. His understanding is unsearchable. Come on, build up with me here. He gives power to the weak 
And to those who have no might, he increases their strength. Come on. Even the youth shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. Come on. But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. If you want to be one of those, say praise the Lord. That's me. I want renewed strength. I want renewed strength. Some of you lately have been saying to me, Pastor, you're back. You're back. We can tell you're back. You know why? Because I'm trusting in every word I'm preaching here. I'm refocusing on God. Thank God for the medicine that helps along the way and the doctors and counselors. And I thank God for the attorneys and I thank God for the everybody else adding to my life. But oh, I want my youth renewed like the eagles. Somebody say amen. Here, here's, here's how you deal with stress. Remember the word of God. Write it down. First, refocus on God. Everybody say, remember his word. Look on the screen. First Peter 5, 6 and 7. It says, therefore, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your cares upon him, for he cares for you. You're taking notes. Write this reference down. Matthew chapter 6, verses 25 through 34. It is there, Jesus says, why do you worry all the time? Why do you stress about what you're going to eat, about what you're going to drink, about what you're going to wear? Don't you know I take care of the birds of the air? Don't you know I clothe the lilies of the field? And even Solomon in his greatest ornamentation and decor as the king that he was and all his pomp and circumstance wasn't as glorious as the lilies of the field that I take care of. I even know the number of hairs on your head. He wouldn't have to count far on mine, but I'm glad he knows it. And he says, don't you know if I could take care of the birds of the air, and the lilies of the field, and I know the number of hair on your head, I can take care of what you need to eat. I can heal your body. I can clothe your body. Just seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you in Jesus name here's, here's something I gotta get to rest your body rest your body the older I get that the more I like that please in between the time this evening when I go home and between that going to the funeral home and visiting with Vivian and the family, I'm a, I don't even, I prefer not to go out to eat on Sundays. I'm just stressed. No, I'm just kidding. I do two services just like this, wide open, like a madman. Because I'm passionate about this. I will ask her for the remote. I will turn on the golf channel station and watch the British Open supposedly because it won't be long I'll have the volume long enough rest your body man hey the Lord said in his word in Exodus did you already put six days you should do your work and on the seventh day you shall rest that your ox your donkey may rest hey listen God he wants the animals to rest the son of your female servants and the strangers may be refreshed there's got to be a time 
Well, you've got to quit letting your circuit breaker be tripped all the time. Brother Mike, wave at me, sir. Wait, this is Mike. He's an electrician. And so, Mike, I'm going to try to explain what a surge protector is and what a circuit breaker is. And I may shock you. Yeah, I know. Little humor. Some of you think very little. You know what a circuit breaker and surge protector is. But let me see if I can help. A circuit breaker is a safeguard. Its sole purpose is to protect electrical circuits from overloading or short-circuiting. Am I right, Mike? If, if I don't disagree anyhow, okay. Uh, when a short circuit is about to occur or electrical circuits are about to overload, this electrical switch will halt the flow of electricity, preventing damage. Now once the circuit breaker has been activated, unlike the fuse, remember the old fuses you had to go to the fuse box and change them? It can be reset and the power will come back on. But if you don't take attention to what's causing the circuit breaker to keep flipping, because in every one of us, there's a circuit breaker called common sense. Uh, I got you now. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know what a surge protector is? A surge protector protects and prevents problems where there's a spike or surge in electrical current coming to your house or from the refrigerator compressor or from, from the air condition compressor. And we have surge protectors. How many of you have ever had any d destruction to some of your stuff because lightning ran in on your place? <laughs> Pastor Jeff can raise both his hands and even one of his feet because he just seems to live right where the lightning... We, we, we have these lightning rods that we are installing on every building. cost hundreds of dollars because we want to protect what God has given us. And, and common sense says to you and I that if you don't quit stressing and carrying all you're carrying and working as hard as you are every day and overloading yourself. But pastor, you don't understand. Yes, God understands. you got to take some time and open your Bible and pray and meditate and lay down and, and take a nap in the name of Jesus. Somebody say amen. If you don't rest your body, you are going to have a meltdown and God can't be glorified. Okay, I'm preaching. Come to the music. You gotta, you gotta refresh number four, your spirit by renewing your mind. You gotta refresh your spirit. You are a physical being and you are a spirit being. And you gotta refresh you. That's why you are here in church today. I may be saying some stuff that doesn't ring your bell or blow your whistle or toot your toot, whatever. But the Holy Ghost may be saying something to you. Altogether in agreement with His Word. Look at what Paul says about renewing your mind in Romans 12, 1 and 2. I beseech you therefore, brethren and sisters, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. This is the part I want you to get. Verse 2, And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. God wants us to have the mind of Christ. That's where you get your renewing. Okay, this may seem odd, but I'm, I did it in the first service. I'm going to do it right now. Raise your right hand. 
Everybody, everybody, just help me out. Raise your right hand. Now take your fingertips and put it on your forehead. And pray after me out loud. Lord Jesus, I pray today for the renewing of my mind. And for my mind to become like you, Jesus. Amen. If you believe it, say amen. Amen. And here's the last thought. I told you, refocus on God. Remember His Word. Rest your body. Refresh your spirit. And I'm closing with this. Refuse to quit. Did anybody say amen? I, I got a homework assignment for you. I got a homework assignment for you. Write this down. Go home and sometime this read this week, read Psalm 34. It will give you courage to keep on going. Uh, uh, sometime this week, here's another assignment. Read Philippians 4. I feel a whoop glory. Paul is who we started out with. Give me the scripture. When he said in our text, we were burdened beyond measure, above our strength, we despaired for our life. But in Philippians, he says to us these words. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended. But this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things that are ahead. I'm not quitting. I am not quitting. I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call in Christ Jesus. Look at me. Look at me, everybody. If you won't quit, he'll be there every time on time. Stand up to your feet, everybody. Everybody, stand up. Stretch your hands way up. Stretch your hands way up like you're getting a little rest. Like you just got up, stretch it up. And now put your hands down after you stretch and clap them. Come on, praise team. Come on, prayer, prayer team. Brother Sammy and prayer team, come on, praise team. Come on, come on. I am leaving stress right here. Hey, Steve, give me just a little bit more right here, brother. Look at me. Look at me, everybody. I have a choice in how much stress I carry. Did you hear the preacher? You have a choice in how much stress you carry. Bow your heads. If you are not born again by the blood of Jesus, you are carrying stress that will meet you down the road if it don't meet you now. If it hasn't already met you and Jesus wants to make you sin free and save your soul. Jesus died for your sins so you could be less stressful and worryful and burdened and chasing after things that only gratify for the moment. Then you got to have more and more. If you are not born again, your head's bowed and your eyes closed, or you've gone away from God and you know that if you die today, you wouldn't go to heaven. You know it and God knows it. You say, Pastor, I don't want to take that chance of missing heaven and I don't want to keep living in sin. Not when there's a better way. Heads bowed and eyes closed because I want this to be a personal thing with God and you. And I'm looking only because I want to know to pray for you. Raise your hands if that's you. Hold it up just a moment. Hold it up high. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Hold it up high. Numbers of you. Put them down. Now the rest of you. The rest of you. Everybody open your eyes. Look this way. It's free. And I'm closing this way. You've got the rest of the day to do whatever you need to do. But I am asking you if you've been saved one year, 10 years, or 40 years. If there's something that's stressing you out, I'm asking you to come to the altar now. And this time I'm going to close the service. 
come in Jesus' name and let me pray over you and somebody else. I'm asking you, I don't, you, you, you give your tithe, you give your offering, but there's some stuff that you didn't cause and you didn't ask for, but it is wearing you out. And your sleepless nights or sleepless days. I'm not trying to embarrass you. I'm just asking you to come. Come in Jesus' name. Come in Jesus' name. Come. Come on. Keep playing. Come. Come. If you raise your hands and you want to give your heart to Christ, it's only me and you that saw that hand, but you come on in Jesus' name while these others are coming. Come on. Come on. I knew, I, I knew God gave us a word to help more people than this. Huh? Oh, come on, church. Encourage them. Encourage them. Encourage them. Come on. Encourage them, church. Yeah. 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 Come on. Come on. Keep coming. Keep coming. I want my staff to come pray with you. I want the prayer team to pray with you. I want Holy Ghost filled men and women who love people and know how to pray. I'm going to ask you to prophesy over them. I'm just asking you to just touch them on, on their shoulder. If somebody's here and they alter and you can see them pray without somebody to pray and you're filled with the Spirit, then you come help me. Be an altar worker. Oh, in Jesus' name. Now, you say, Pastor, it's not me, but it's somebody else I want to raise my hand for today who, who is stressed and needing prayers. Come on, sickness or some, something else. All right, reach your hands this way. Begin to pray. Reach your hands this way. If you pray for somebody else that you raise your hand for, pray for the ones that you, come on, together. Open your voices louder, church. I need to hear higher decibels of prayer and praise. Those of you who came forward, raise up your hands too and begin to thank God and say, I'm leaving it here. Father, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, come on, go ahead and start singing. Don't listen, to, don't necessarily sing, church. While they sing, I want you to pray. Come on. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, louder, church, louder. It's my son. It's my daughter. It's my job. Come on. It's my marriage. It's a lack of finances. Oh, God, it's my mind. Come on, come on. I need, a, I need, a, I need some spiritual warfare going on. God, thank you. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Come on. Father, in the name of the Lord, I pray over everyone here. Pray with me, church. I pray for those who need salvation. Those of you who need salvation. Right now, say to the Lord, forgive me of my sins. Wash me in the cleansing blood of Jesus. I confess I'm a sinner. And I believe Jesus is my Savior. I receive him today. Come on. Father, I pray for whatever stress your children are feeling, that you would deliver them. Give them rest, peace, joy, healing. Come on. Lift up your hands now, church, and sing this with them. Sing it with them. Sing it with them. Hallelujah. Praise him. Praise him. Praise him. Praise him. Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more information, visit smmcog.com.